The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. So, the spirit of discernment is, is important. We need it in the last days. We need it. Why? Because if you don't have discernment, lack of discernment will keep you in bondage like this man for 38 years. God forbid. Lack of discernment will keep you in the same place for 38 years. where people kick diamonds as footballs. They don't know that they are diamonds because they are hidden in the stone. And so, if you don't have discernment, you will not be able to know that what you are kicking or what you are throwing is a diamond that can change your life. And that's the same with the anointing. If you don't have discernment, in as much as the anointing is what you need to change your life, it will not change your life. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why it's so important for us to be able to have the spirit of discernment, to be able to discern the power in the anointing. So the Bible says that when the men of that place had knowledge of him, in other words, when they discovered who he was, Look at the next thing they did. The Bible says that they sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. So that means until they discovered or discerned who he was, they didn't send anybody 
to go and bring the sick. So that means they were with Jesus, but they didn't know that he could possibly heal them. So what they did was they were just around him, not knowing that this is actually the anointing that can change your life. Now in my few years of being in ministry, one of the key things I have noticed is the only people that get blessed in the church are those who know the value of the anointing. Because you can sit by the anointing that will deliver you and not have discernment. And so far as you don't have discernment, the anointing cannot benefit you. So the moment they discern the moment they, they knew that this is Jesus, their next action was go to the village, brought all that were sick to come and heal them. What does it mean to discern? To discern simply means to have the ability to distinguish between something with difficulty by sight or by use of other senses. I also say that discernment is the ability to notice a difference in a place or in a person. Listen, it takes the spirit of discernment to understand the anointing. It takes the spirit of discernment to understand the anointing. Discernment is important. That's why God gave us the five senses. Sight, smell, taste, touch, and hear. But like I said, I said, for us as Christians, we're supposed to go beyond the five senses. We're supposed to be using the sixth sense, and that is faith. The ability to sense change in the atmosphere is important. Other than that, you'll be at a place of greatness, a place of breakthroughs, a place of blessings, a place of favor, and not recognize it. I'll give you an example. John chapter 5, from verse 1 to 9. Let's, let's turn there. The book of John chapter 5, from verse 1 to 9. The Bible says that, and after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, it is at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew town Bethsaida, having five porches. I want you to underline that word, five porches. Now, that word five porches, the number five represents what? Grace, right? So, this man was lying or was at a place of grace, but he didn't know that he's at a place of grace. Verse three, the Bible says that, and in this lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. 
And whoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man who was there which had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had now been here for a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? Will thou be made whole? That's, 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 excuse my language, a silly question to ask, isn't it? Because that's the whole purpose why he's there. So Jesus shouldn't be asking him, do you want to be whole? But the reason why Jesus is asking him, do you want to be whole? Is because he has been in the same situation for 38 years. He is as a, at a place of grace at a place of healing, at a place of transformation, but he's not making use of it. There is a great anointing in the house. There's a burden removing, yoke destroying power of God anointing in the house, but he's not making use of it. Instead, look at his excuse. Verse 7, the Bible says that the important man answered him, said, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another step down before me. Now look at his answer carefully. Within his answer, you can see, excuse my language, his foolishness or his laziness. He said, sir, I have no one to help me. Now at that place, no one was helping no one. No one was helping no one. And then he said, I have no one to help me. And then he went forth to say that when the water is stirred, when I'm about to jump in, someone goes ahead of me. Now, the person who goes ahead of him is not being helped by anyone. See, lazy people always look for excuses. Before they go out on the road, they'll say there's a lion on the road. They haven't gone out there. They haven't gone out. They've been sent to go out and buy something. Their first excuse is there is lion on the road. They haven't gone. They haven't tried. If it's a business, they haven't tried. They said everybody fails at this business. They haven't tried. They haven't tried and yet they are giving excuses already. Verse, verse 9, the Bible says that Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. Look at how easy it was. Rise. Jesus didn't help him. Jesus just said, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And look at his response. Verse 9, and immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. On the same day was the Sabbath. Now, I, I, I don't want to, now I, can, I can go a bit deeper into just, just that what happened. Look at verse 8. Verse 8, Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. Look at the sequence of thoughts. Rise, Take up your bed and walk. 
So he was lying there for 38 years. He was lying on the mat, the same mat for 38 years. Jesus comes and Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. Right? Now look at what happened in verse 9. Verse 9, the Bible says that and immediately the man was made whole. He didn't rise. He did not rise. He was made whole. In other words, he waited to be whole before he made an action. Look at the next thing. The Bible says that when the man was made whole and he took up his bed, Jesus said, rise, take up your bed. Jesus didn't say, be made whole before you take up your bed. But the Bible says that the moment he was made whole, then he took up the bed and walked. On the same day was a Sabbath. What am I saying? You can be at a place of great blessing. Great anointing. Great power. Great transformation. And yet, you will not have any encounter with that anointing. Why? Because you don't have discernment. He was at a place of grace. Great grace. For 38 years. How can somebody struggle with the same thing for 38 years? There is something seriously wrong somewhere. For 38 years. He was battling with the same situation for 38 years. And all these 38 years, all he was doing was giving excuses. I have no man to help me. My uncle is not helping me. My government is not helping me. My party is not helping me. My pastor is not helping me. No, no, no. You've got the whole equation twisted. You are looking up to man instead of looking up to God. He missed his Kairos moment. His Kairos moment was when the angel stirred the water. That's a Kairos moment. A Kairos moment is a moment that God opens the door for you and you jump in. Many people have missed their Kairos moment. Have you, have you, are you going somewhere and maybe it's a long lift. There's a lift up to maybe 15 or, or let's say 30 floors. And then by the time you get to the door, the door shuts. And you have to wait another 5 or 10 minutes. What has happened? You have just missed your Kairos moment. Sometimes you are driving and you get to the traffic light. Everybody is parked on red, you get to the traffic light and the moment you get there is green for you. That's your Kairos moment. That's your Kairos moment. You've taken advantage of your Kairos moment. Many people have lost and missed their Kairos moment because they don't have discernment. And Jesus said in the last days, many will be deceived. Even the very elect 
church of today, I'm sorry to say, is a very gullible church. It's a church without knowledge, even though knowledge has abound. Many have missed there. I've told you before, you know, there was a lady who used to come to this church, you know, single for so long, believing God for her husband. We prayed, prayed, prayed. The day she got angry and stormed out of the church angrily, the following week, the husband walked in. She left the church the wrong way. Till today, she's still single. She missed her Kairos moment. And such people, but for grace, that moment will never repeat itself. Are you following what I'm saying? There's one president in the US. I won't mention the name. There was a a particular year he was going to contest and he was told don't contest this year and he listened to a spiritual counsel and he did not contest he withdrew and then the following season when he was about to contest they said yes you can go ahead and that year when he did he won straight and he had two terms there's another one I've heard stories about two American president. There's another one who also the same thing. The previous year or the year before he submitted everything and everybody said, no, this guy is joking. Until a spiritual advisor, a pastor counseled him and said, don't run. He listened, redrew his candidacy. Then when an opportunity came, the, 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 the political climate was ready. The same pastor said, it's time. And even though everybody was saying he was going to lose, because the Kairos moment came, everybody, all projections, even on election day, all projection was going against him. He keeps saying, we are winning here. We are winning there. Yet you can see the numbers. The numbers are saying, no, he's losing. But he keeps saying, we are winning here. We are winning there. We are winning there. And by the time everybody thought the other candidate was going to win, the following morning, things changed. And before the whole world realized, it was a shock. He won. What's that? Kairos moment. And you you can only take advantage of your Kairos moment by the spirit of discernment. Other than that, you'll be there forever. And as I'm teaching now, you can can identify moments in your own personal life where you have missed your Kairos moment because you lack discernment. And there are many people, and such people, once they miss it, you can't be helped. God said to Abraham, that your descendants after you are going to go into slavery for 400 years. Right? Now, that's the highest level of prophecy. God himself prophesied that the children of Israel are going to go into slavery for 400 years. 
And after 400 years, they will come out with great plenty. Guess what happened? 400 years comes and there was a, a human element who had no discernment, who had no understanding of the times. And so he tried to deliver God's people by the arm of flesh. And guess what happened? He added an extra 30 years to the already lengthened journey. His name is Moses. He killed an Egyptian and that made the journey lasted longer for 30 extra years. What happened? He missed a Kairos moment because he lacked discernment. But I pray for you that the anointing of God will bring back that Kairos moment for you. I said it will bring back that Kairos moment for you. You missed it once, but God's grace will speak for you again. I said God's grace will speak for you again in the name of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. I read, it says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorant concerning spiritual gifts I will not have you ignorant why because spiritual gifts are so important you cannot be ignorant about them it says concerning spiritual gifts I will not have you ignorant look at verse 10 then he start listing the spiritual gift it says to one he gave he gave a list of many many, many gifts. And then verse 10, it says, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits. So that means discerning of the spirits is important. Discerning the anointing is important. Why? Because if you don't discern and know that this is a true anointing, your life will be messed up forever. It says to another, discerning of the spirit, that should tell you that discernment is so important that it was one of the gifts of the spirit. Do you have discernment? Many women have lost their moments of marriage because the man came in the wrong package. And the same applies to many men. The man came in the wrong package. The woman came in the wrong package. They say, oh, you? No, no. Many have lost their moments because they have followed material things. They followed cars. What is car? What is car? What is car? It's just a piece of metal. How can you make a life decision based on a car? Many. Many have missed out big time because of the shape of the lady. A guitar shape. Or tingilingi. Tingilingi. Not, 
you haven't seen the future. You have no. If you want to see the future of a, of a potential wife, look at the ma- mother. Look at the mother. If you don't like what you see in the mother, don't 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 venture. <laughs> don't venture because what you see in the mother, that's the future. You are seeing the future of that lady. So today she looks she looks a size eight. The mother, God, I mean, forgive me, is a size forty-five. Today she's a size eight. It's just a matter of time. She'll get to size 45. Because the baby of an elephant doesn't have to eat or fast or pray to become like a mother elephant. Simple. It's simple as A, B, C, D. (laughs) Are you following what I'm saying? So, if you look at today and say, ah, oh, she looks beautiful. She looks beautiful. That's why the Bible says beauty is vain. Beauty is deceptive. Today she looks fair. You don't know whether she has bleached or not. <laughs> you say, as for me, I like fair. I like fair. You need to check. You need to ask her a question. Is this fair? Natural fair <laughs> or, or artificial fair. Because beauty can be bought. You can buy it. Very, you can buy it. It's cheap and expensive. Determine which brand you like. You need to ask her, the hair, is it your own hair? You need to ask. You need to ask questions. The teeth, is it your own teeth? <laughs> the apples, are they your own apples? Are they real? <laughs> ah, because these days you'll be shocked. You will be shocked. You need to ask questions. Were you born a man or a woman? You need to ask. <laughs> you you have no idea. The world is changing at a fast rate. You see the person say, oh, everything is in shape. The front, the back, everything. And you think it's a woman. You'll be shocked. If you don't ask questions on your honeymoon, where you say, and as for us as Christians, we cannot taste before we try. We cannot try before we taste. You get what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? And then we get to the honeymoon and say, oh, today's my day. And then she starts taking off. She takes off her hair. It's bald hair. (laughs) And then then before you realize, she's take off the teeth. It's a polygrip. Uh, and then the wedding gown comes off and then there's a bandage. She starts taking off the bandage. <laughs> and then two apples fall off. You thought it was... <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. 
shocked. You will be shocked. By that time, it's too late. You have gone in already. You can't come out. It's too late. The only condition for exit is, is adultery. Yeah. That's why you need discernment. We need that. I, I'm telling you, these days, we need to ask questions. Marv and I were watching TV the other day, and I saw something. I said, no, this one, this one is not a man. This one is a woman. Yeah, these days they, they, they call it gender fluid. They say today I slept a man, tomorrow I want to wake up a woman. Today I sleep a woman, tomorrow I want to wake up a man. Gender fluid. They said you, they don't even want to be identified by their gender any longer. Things are changing. Changing. Very soon they will tell you you can't say the word mother and father anymore. Yeah. Very soon, there's a country where they are legislating a law. They say, now, pastors cannot say God is a he. You can't say God is a male. You can't say it. It's against the law. So, we, we have to be careful. We need the spirit of discernment. And we cannot keep quiet. And this Saturday, I'm going to go more into that. Come prepared. So the spirit of discernment is, is important. We need it in the last days. We need it. In, why? Because if you don't have discernment, lack of discernment will keep you in bondage like this man for 38 years. God forbid. Lack of discernment will keep you in the same place for 38 years. There are people who have given opportunities who, who never understood the opportunities they've been given and have abused it. And today, for the rest of their life, they've never had the opportunity any longer. And they are regretting. We need discernment in these last days. Especially with the anointing. Especially in these last days, you need the spirit of discernment to accurately discern the anointing. Is this anointing from God or from the devil? Remember, whatever God can manufacture, the devil can also manufacture it in the opposite. I was studying the scriptures about the seven spirits of God. And I realized the devil also has seven spirits. Remember the man that the demon spirit was cast out of him? And Jesus said, if you don't do anything, the evil spirit will go around looking for seven more stronger demons. Because the devil knows God operates in seven spirits. So he also has his fake seven evil spirits. That's why there's an angel of light and there's an angel of darkness. We need discernment. It's not everybody who is speaking in the name of Jesus is of Jesus. <laughs> there's a particular country, I can't mention the name. A church. A church. A church. 
people were flocking in massive, massive. The miracles, the signs, the wonders were on a higher level. Not knowing, not knowing the bishop had buried a live human being under the pulpit. Where the pulpit is, where he's preaching, a live human being was put in that hole and he died there. And they poured concrete on him. And he died like that, concretized. In a church where the anointing, the supposed anointing is flowing. That's why the Bible says that in the last days, many will be deceived. They will come and say, Jesus, we did miracles in your name. They did it in the name of Jesus. And Jesus will say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I know you not. It will take the spirit of discernment for you to know that this person is not operating in the spirit of God. Because the signs, the wonders, the miracles are almost the same. There's a very thin line between the real and the unreal. The thin line is, is not thicker than this piece of Bible I have, I'm showing you now. The thin line. There's a thin line. And that's where the church is erring. And so when they see, now I believe, I believe, I believe in, in, in supernatural church growth. I believe it. God has increased us as a church. But it has been through the teaching of the word. In all humility, we've seen signs, wonders, and miracles in this church. Beyond human understanding. But if you notice, I never focus on that. Listen to all my teachings, I never focus on that. Look at all the testimonies God gives us in this church. Weekday after weekday, Sunday after Sunday. But that is never my focus. The word is my focus. But you see, we need men and women in this church who have the spirit of discernment, who have discerned that this anointing is true, is from God. And then their responsibility now is to go and publish the word that God has given. Let me show you the last scripture and then we'll close. Are you getting something out of this? There's so much to teach. We are not rushing. We are not rushing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Give us discernments, Lord. Give us discernment, Lord. We need discernment more than any other thing. Give us discernment. 
finally, turn with me to Psalm 68, verse 11. Now, when you discern the anointing, this is your responsibility. Psalm 68, verse 11. Listen carefully. It says, the Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. Who gave the word? Who does the publishing? Yeah. God gives the word, but it's not God's responsibility to publish what he has given. It is our responsibility to publish it. And woe unto you if there is a great word, but there are weak publishers or there are no publishers. How do you publish the word? This word, is it blessing you or not? Is this house blessing you or not? Are you blessed, getting blessed in this church or not? That's, that's, that's the question. Now, that is God giving the word. Now, your responsibility is go and publish the word. But if you keep it to yourself, how can we see the effect of the expansion that God wants to bring to us? We can't have, we can't have lackadaisical people who, 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 who are, are not publishing the word. We can't have people who, whose minds are not made up. Shall I come to church or shall I not? Are you following what I'm saying? Is this my church or it's not? Shall I stay in this church or shall I go another place? We can't. The Lord gave the word and great was the company, not one person, company that published the word. There are some people in this church that people, not one person invited, many people, invited. And when they came for the first time, they would say, oh, this person told me about the church. That person told me about the church. That person told me about the church. And by the time they realized all they were hearing was good news, good news, good news. They could not resist it but to come to the place of good news. If God is blessing you and increasing you, why don't we make an effort to publish this great word. In all humility, I take time to teach, to study. Sometimes what I teach here, I listen to other men of God who have been around for 40 years and they are teaching the same thing. I'm like, what is, what is happening? I can see a different result there and I'm seeing a different result. Are we not doing the same thing? One plus one is what? One plus one is what? Yeah. So if they say one plus one is two, and I'm also saying one plus one is two, it should be the same result. The reason being, the company that is publishing the word here is weak. It's weak. And we need to examine yourself. Hallelujah. You need to examine yourself. 
and ask yourself, are you publishing the word enough? Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Did you receive it today? Let's give Jesus a better praise. Hallelujah. This teaching is life transforming. It will bless you. Your life will never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.